You are tuned in to For the Love of Millennials podcast. For the Love of Millennials is a platform created to inspire, empower, and uplift melanin-enriched millennials to be the best of themselves. Each topic is carefully chosen with the intention to provide value to listeners in effort to fulfill the podcast purpose. Keep listening for more of today's episode. What's going on, my melanin-enriched millennials? This is your girl, A Rich Book. It's been a while. Some updates. I had my baby. I have, I had a little girl. Her name is Jace Giovanni, which means God's gracious healing. And she was seven pounds and 14 ounces and 21 inches long. So that's where I've been. I've been under a rock being a mom to my three little beautiful girls. And now I'm back. So here is our third episode where we have our guest millennial expert, attorney Ryan Stowe. Ryan Stowe is the principal attorney at the Polaris Law Firm and the only, it's the only black law firm in Salisbury, North Carolina. Come on. And he's millennial? where they do that at? So me and Ryan, we went to college together. We go way back to to my freshman year and his sophomore year of college at the number one HBCU, North Carolina Central University, right here in Durham, North Carolina. He received his bachelor's in political science and a bachelor's in history, come on, and his Juris Doctor from the North Carolina Central University Law School. And he is also a member of Beta Nu Lambda chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He's also the legal redress chairman for the Salisbury Rowan branch of the NAACP and a member of the NC Advocates for Justice. Okay. See, I feel like that Cardi B. Oh, good. Don't judge me, y'all. I'm like a mom. I'm a millennial, but I'm like an old soccer mom, like in reality, but that's okay. So Ryan, he gives a lot of great information uh, in this episode, and we're going to be talking about turning our side hustles legal. So if you've been crafting jewelry or painting or singing on the side or coaching people, whatever your side hustle is, Ryan tells us how to make that business legit. Ryan teaches us what to do and what not to do. So if you're interested in learning about how to turn your side hustle to a legit business, keep listening. This episode of For the Love of Millennials podcast is sponsored by the Polaris Law Firm. So if you are in need of an attorney for that traffic violation, or if you're in need of an attorney for your intellectual property, or you just have some questions, follow the Polaris Law Firm on Instagram at Polaris Law Firm. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing well. How's everything for you? Awesome. We are so glad to have you on For the Love of Millennials podcast. And just to have a millennial attorney 
it's exciting. So I just I know that I just read your bio, a more formal bio, um, before we got started. But I wanted to I wanted you to talk, I wanted you to tell us a little something about yourself that's that wasn't in your bio, something that you may want us to know about you um so that we can feel more connected. Hey Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How's everything? Everything is great. I just wanted to welcome you to For the Love of Millennials podcast, where we are here to inspire and empower and uplift other melanin millennials. And it's exciting to have a millennial attorney on the show. And I know I'm excited and I'm sure our listeners are too. But before we get into it, I know I read your, your more formal bio. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak more about yourself and just let us know who Ryan is so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Okay, so uh, I guess I take you know pride in being a good attorney. I think that's really important. Um, people say that that there are too many attorneys, but there will never be enough good ones. So I really take pride in doing that. Um, and that goes a lot outside of the courtroom, you know, what it takes to be a good attorney. Um, I'm really into leadership, especially organizational leadership. I actually uh, study leadership in different models in my free time, so I think that's pretty important as well. So what 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 kind of attorney are you? And I know that's like, what do you mean? But I know there's like the real estate attorney, and then you have like a tax tax law and like tax attorneys. But what what's your specialty? So, um, <clears throat> I, so I, primarily I do criminal defense. So what that looks like is that's you know your speeding tickets, that's your DWIs, that's your misdemeanor larcenies, assault with a deadly weapon, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, but at the same time, it could also be expungements. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and then on the flip side, I also do intellectual property. So I'm processing trademarks and copyrights and all that good stuff as well. Um, right. So doing that stuff for small business is kind of driving me into doing some more small business work with other people that I didn't necessarily start off doing, but now I do. So some right. of that looks like business registration and their LLCs and all of that. When, and whenever I think of like, when you say like criminal defense attorney, I always think of those like hardcore movies where the attorney, he's like this legit good criminal defense attorney and then he represents a criminal and then the criminal drops like a big duffel bag in front of him and he's like hey you better get me off and then the attorney's like well dude they have you on camera and he's like well I have all this money you're gonna I'm paying you to get me off like that's what I think about when I hear criminal attorney but I'm interested to know why you chose criminal defense so before I answer that let me just say what you just said is exactly what happens They'll say, but I'm paying you. And I'm like, but you absolutely did it. And there's plenty of proof that you did it. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I know I'm being serious. No. I'm just like, how how does that work? Because like in the move in, in the movies, like I'm like, mind you, I'm talking about like the Tyler Perry movies and different things like that. And they're like, Look, I'm paying you a trillion dollars. You're gonna get me off. And I'm just like, but there's a camera. Like that that's you on the camera. Like you can't say that might not maybe be you. So yes, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you confirmed that for me. Or yeah, absolutely. Now I haven't gotten the person giving me a big lump sum of money. It'll be like a small lump sum of money, but that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So, but uh, <laughs> but how do you handle that? Like, how, like how do you handle that? 
Do you just like like yo, you did this? So I, I'm it, now I'm interested to know like before we get into our segment, like I now now you have to tell us all listening. And I don't know if there's like a lawyer code, but I hope they don't come and find you. And okay. and they're like, I, I, I think I can answer this one. I think I can answer it. Number one, you never guarantee results. One because it's against the professional rules of conduct, so it's, you can literally get in trouble for it. But two, when you do that. You set, you know, an, uh, maybe an unrealistic expectation because, you know, if I tell you, oh, don't worry, I can get you off on probation and then they end up getting an active sentence in some federal prison, then they're going to be pretty mad at me. So that's the first thing. Then the second thing is I ask every client, what does a win look like? And then they tell me what their expectations are and I bring them back down to reality. Or okay, because like I was going to ask, when you say <laughs> what does a win look like, they're like, oh, I'm going home to my wife and kids, like. Yeah, so that just, you know, because sometimes people have different, you know, believe it or not, sometimes people, they just want to go to trial, period. They know, they know they probably are going to lose, but they just want to be heard. And as long as they feel like their story got told, that's a win. Believe it or not, that's what some people want. Um, so that's pretty important, too. But I, I pride myself in choosing my clients. My clients don't choose me. Oh. Um, so I regularly decline clients if I feel as though that I'm going to be wasting their money or if I think there's someone I don't want to work with, or if I feel like it can be, you know, endanger my friends or family or whatever. Right. But I choose clients. I don't let them choose me. Aside from the quarter pointed stuff I do, but the judge chooses those people. But um, right. no, I, don't, I don't. I choose my clients. That's integrity right there. That's integrity. That's like, look, look. I appreciate you sharing that because that is that's super. Because I I used to think like, wow, do do they just defend anybody? And then you realize, well, everybody does need it need an attorney because you have so many people who are in prison or jail who should not be there because they don't have um, great representation and I remember like when you said earlier that there's not enough good lawyers because I've heard that too that as far as the the field or law is saturated with attorneys so I thought I used to think that way too but you're right as far as good attorneys because if they're a lot of great attorneys or criminal defense attorneys, maybe we wouldn't have so many people, innocent people in prison today, or even on these minor trudged up type charges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, so, I, you know, like I said, I do court appointed work as well. I'm not, I'm not a public defender, but I do court appointed work. They're the difference, but okay. we can get okay. that so I had a guy, and he was in jail, and so I go, I go to visit him, and he says, wow. I was like, what? He was like, first of all, I didn't think you were going to be black. And I was like, okay, that, that <laughs> makes sense. Because, I, I mean, I'm literally the only one, so that makes sense. Right. He goes, but you actually came and visited me. I was like, well, you sent a jail request to my inbox to say to come visit you, so why why wouldn't I come to, to talk about whatever you want to talk about? Right. He goes, every other time I have a, a court appointment lawyer, they never come to the jail they just um, pass a message to a guard or whatever. Right. Through email or whatever. I'm like, no, nah, if you say visit, I'm going to go visit it. So then as we're talking, you know, I'm helping him out with everything. He's like, hey, you know what else? You're the only person to refer to me as Mr. His last name. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to call you Mr. Whatever because, you know, you're a human. Right. So then he goes on to saying that, like, he had, how he just felt respected and, and like I was the best person he ever met. And so then he started asking all these random questions. He was like, wait. Do you do settlements? I'm like, no. He's like, do you do this? Do this? <laughs> and he tried to refer me to everybody, his whole family, for anything they might need because right. I treat them like with respect. Right. Wow. That, but that's 
I feel like just listening to you, I'm just like, wow, I see that. And I want to ask another question, but I don't know if that's going to break like lawyer code and you can be like, no, I'm not answering that. But my next question is like, when that, I, I've learned, or this is from me watching TV again, guys, listeners, this is Amber watching her movies and her TV <laughs> shows and criminal stuff. And it's like that the public defenders, not all of them really don't want to be public defenders. Like their goal is to go into prosecution or like to get on the other side. So they don't really do their absolute, absolute best. So is that, is that, could that be a reason why, like, does that really happen or is that not really like what happens? To some degree. So some, some people who are public defenders do want to be prosecutors, but I think that kind of makes them a better defense lawyer, in my opinion. But I will say that people like to think that public defenders don't care about them or they don't care about their cases. Or I even heard some people say they're not real lawyers. Now, mm-hmm. that's it's mm. absolutely not true. Um, wow. So you know, earlier when I said I'm a court-appointed lawyer, so, right. so every public defender is a court-appointed lawyer. Every court-appointed lawyer is a public defender. So mm-hmm. what that means is I'm a private lawyer. I have my own firm. I do other things other than criminal matters. But I do court-appointed work so that the public defenders don't have such a high caseload. So we mm-hmm. volunteer our time to help with, so that everybody can get justice. Or right. right. So essentially, public defenders, they're absolutely great lawyers. They just have a million cases at one time. Makes sense. So as people like me, we, we volunteer our time to, to, lo- to lighten their caseload. Right. So public defenders, that's their job. Like, they're not allowed to do other legal work. I right. can do whatever I want because I'm a private lawyer. I'm, you know, I get reimbursed from the state, but I don't get, I'm not employed by the state because right, right. that's their actual employer. Right. So that's what the okay. Is. That, well, I'm glad you broke that down. I'm glad you broke that down because I thought all public defenders, I, you know, it's amazing what you don't know. So thank you. And, and I'm sure if I didn't know that somebody else listening didn't know that either. But I definitely stuff. appreciate you breaking that down. So I don't want to stay too much on on the law stuff because okay. you know we can go all day. We can sit up here and talk <laughs> about law and order and criminal minds, and I can just pick your brain. But we're not going to do that. But what we did want to um, chat about was we all millennials. We are all doing something. If it's not a multi level marketing company, it's us. You know, utilizing our craft to have that side hustle. So what we're going to utilize, what our millennial expert today, he's going to help us dig deep into the art of the side hustle and turning that side hustle and turning it legit. So I want to hear, I know what I think a side hustle is, but I want to hear from, you know, from the professional, from the attorney, when you have people come into you, what, what's a side hustle for you? Okay, so... Okay, so you are you asking me what do I do for side hustle? No, or how do like I your definition of it. Okay, so, so and, what I think, and then was, I think we might be interested in knowing what your side hustle is. We want to know because if a turn if an attorney has a side hustle, we need to know what that hustle is. <laughs> okay, so um, so what what to me what a side hustle is is something that you do on your free time, or sometimes even when you're at your main job that can make you extra money. Um, that and for for most people that extra money is to fulfill hopefully not their basic needs but things they want like clothes or going out to eat you know things they don't actually need hopefully their main job fulfills their needs but if not then you probably have multiple side hustles but that's how I define a side hustle 
and generally speaking in side hustles you should you should really be your own employer if possible hopefully right. um so that's what i think they are um as for me what i do um for side hustling is um i do a lot of consulting um that's not tied into with my firm right um right most of it is legal consulting though um that's the main thing that i do for side hustles is just consulting well consulting is very lucrative so yeah that's what's up um are you hiring no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh actually um i, I actually kind of am low-key um <laughs> but we can talk about that offline. okay we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about that offline and then we might even put it at the end so if any millennials are listening at the end we'll put uh we'll let ryan give his information so if you are in his area and you're looking for a job and to work with an attorney, we'll make sure that you'll get his information in the end. Uh, so, okay, so we know what the, the, the side hustle is. So I know if you got a side hustle, then you definitely know I got a side hustle because this is my side hustle. I have three children, so I need multiple side hustles because if I'm trying to be a millionaire or a trillionaire and I have three children, yep, I got, I got the, I have to work because doesn't nothing works except for work. So let's let's talk about turning our side hustles legit. And I think that's where a lot of us millennials get stumped and stopped and and discouraged because we don't really know which way or which avenue to go. And so you guys listening, y'all better listening real, real, real good because this attorney is about to give you some great information and guess what? It's for the free 99. He's taking his time out to give us information because attorneys are not cheap. I'm just letting you know. Like, no, we would probably be happy. I don't know about y'all, but y'all might not be able to afford his consultation fee. So if you want to turn your side hustle legit, just keep listening. So I wanted to get into the legitimacy of uh, how we can go about turning our hustle legit. Okay. So the first thing to do, in my opinion, is to get an LLC, um, a limited liability company. That's the very first thing you want to do. So some people do it to be pretentious and it's like, oh, I have an LLC, I'm registered. Cool, but you really want to do it because one, it shows that you care and you put some pride and time and money into this. But more importantly, one, it saves you on your taxes. Um, I'm not a tax attorney, so I won't go too much into that. But essentially, when you don't operate under an LLC, you're just doing it on your own, you're going to get taxed. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing is it limit, it literally limits your liabilities, as the name um, implies. So a lot of times, we don't like to think about what our liabilities are. We just assume that what we're, whatever it is that we're doing is simple, and we don't have any liabilities from it. Right, but, right anything has liability so let's say um let's say your side hustle is that you build weight that you create waste beads mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like something that you know has any liabilities behind it like you know you just i don't know what they do but i gotta assume you put these on a string and you sell them and you tip them whatever right right but the thing is so let's say you you do that under amber and not you know amber's beads llc so if you do that um let's say you create your beads and then you sell them to me and my child, who is two, who is, I don't know, let's say four months old, let's say he breaks the beads and now he, and he chokes on one of them. So now I'm going to sue you because my child choked on your beads. And because you don't have an LLC, I can sue you personally, which means that 
I can take whatever assets you have now and I can even put a lien on your future assets and say, mm-hmm. oh, if you buy a house, I'm going to have a lien on this house. I can get, you know, a judgment on everything you ever do. So right. if you have an LLC under, you know, Amber's Beads, I can only sue you for whatever assets Amber's Beads has, which right. most people don't keep a lot of assets in their LLCs for that very purpose. So, right. you know, that may not be very much. So right. that's kind of what want to do it um, because, I mean, who thinks of something like putting a warning label on their waist bead to say uh, <laughs> a small part, this is a choking hazard. You right. know, and even if you did, again, you could still get sued. So right. that's kind of one of the main reasons you want to get the LLC just to limit your liabilities. Right. Um, so protect yourself, guys. Right, right. And All think about it this stuff. Say, say you're a physical trainer, right? Right. Um, that's a prime time place where people can get injured. Mm-hmm. That's something you want to have an LLC for. Mm. That's important because somebody be like they back got pulled out or something and then they come back and sue you. So if you're a fitness trainer listening to this, be sure to get an LLC and and take a break from marketing your services until you get your LLC. So, you know, some what. It, OK, so this might be a question for a fitness person, but for you, too, as an attorney, what happens if this uh, fitness trainer like guarantees results like, oh, I'm going to help you lose 40 pounds and then you don't lose 40 pounds? Could you sue them? So if they say I'm going to help you lose 40 pounds, probably not. But if they said you will lose 40 pounds, then you probably stronger, mm-hmm. strong plan. But then they're going to flip it and say, well, you didn't do X, Y, Z, or you didn't <laughs> follow the meal plan. Like, they're going right. to find ways to flip it, and then it's your job to flip it back on them. But that's essentially what happened is, depends on what kind, how strong the guarantee was and if you did whatever they said to do. Right, right. Makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. Yeah. So you you first went in and you told us an LLC. So why not a sole, uh, why not sole proprietorship, proprietorship or okay. a corporation or S corp or uh, even a B corp for people who are interested in nonprofits uh, or or a nonprofit in itself. Okay, that's a little question. I know, okay, so. I know that was a lot, but like why why specifically an LLC? Okay, so when I was in law school. Our business professor told us that if you, if anybody ever wants to do a business and they want to do an S and you know SP sole proprietorship, and you don't encourage them to get an LLC, you should automatically prepare to get um, a lawsuit for malpractice. And that's what? profitable. <laughs> like everybody believes that. So like, I would never make an SP for anybody. I mean, never. If that's what they want, they have to go to somebody else. <laughs> like I'll tell them, but I'm not doing it. Right. Um, so the reason why you don't want an SP is because it's almost the same as um, as not getting anything. Because I mean, you would still get taxed twice, and you still have you when you're so you can still get sued personally for whatever it is you do. If so, that's you know essentially why you don't want to do it in, right. in this simplest format. It's easy to set up though. SPs are easy to set up, but it's not worth in the long run because right. essentially you're making yourself the business, and you can get sued as yourself. Um, so yeah. Not really good. Right. <laughs> so S Corp. How crazy is that? S Corps are great. Um, again, I'm kind of in a tax purposes, but from my, my tax attorney, I, I actually have a tax attorney, but he tells me that, you know, you don't need an S Corp unless you're going to make 50000 a year. And if right. you're going to make 50000 a year, then you definitely should have an S Corp. Okay. So I don't know what the tax liabilities are on all that good stuff, but that's right. what he tells me, so I kind of stick with that. So um, if you if your side hustle is not making more than fifty thousand dollars, just get you an LLC right now. 
Correct. And once you once your business grows, could you then like change that? To yeah, you have to, yeah, yeah, you could, and and you have to, you should. But yeah, that's what you should do. Um, you should go go to S Corp. Um, as it relates to nonprofit, um, nonprofits are great if you <laughs> know what you're doing. Right. So a lot of people they advertise something that they have as a nonprofit, but in reality, it's it's not a nonprofit. What it is is it, what it is is uh, I don't I don't even know. I guess a structure. I'll say right. Right. That's what, club or organization or whatever but right. while they may not make any money and they may donate a hundred percent to whatever to, right. to whatever nonprofit they want to whether it be breast cancer whether it be um kids for shoes shoes for kids who knows but you're not a nonprofit until one you file as one and then there's that's a two-step process which a lot of people don't know so you can be a nonprofit without being a 501c3 organization oh so Right, right. And so that's important, too, because, you know, having the 501c3, that's what people really look for, because that's when it taxes them. You know, okay. just the nonprofit, that's cool, and it looks good to help out, but it's not going to help the other person on their tax benefits. Right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, so if you're a nonprofit, or you're interested in having a nonprofit, it's beneficial to have that 501c3, because when you get their donations, people, people like to give, but they also want to receive. Right. So, so these big corporations, they're like, oh, we'll help you out, but you got to help us out with these taxes. So, okay. So, the other thing with nonprofits is, again, they're great, but only if you know what you're doing. So, you're going to need a board. You know, all this stuff is public. People can see what you're paying people. And you wow. just really want to make sure you're doing the best thing possible. Um, right. But again, nonprofits, I hate to say this, but it's a great way to funnel money, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. So like, like you said, I'm glad you said that it's public. So guys, there are a lot of nonprofits out here. They, they put their info, they have to put their information out on the internet. But if you look at like some of these big corporations, like Susan Komen or uh, there's another one, it was yellow. I forget, I forget the name, but when I looked it up, like the CEO and the president and the CF, like they were making millions of dollars. So I'm like, where's this money going? And we're paying these people all these millions of dollars. And yes, I understand that uh, they have to get paid too. But it's just like when you learn that only a small percentage of what you give. So if you give a dollar, only a penny goes to the actual cause. Like the other 99 cent goes to their operations. So yeah, it's interesting. So like good, the person, the CEO of Goodwill or chair of the board, whatever his title is, he probably makes a million dollars a year. Crazy story, but he probably does. So what nonprofits do is, how it works is, let's say Goodwill brings in $5 billion a year. They have, at the end of the year, they just can't make a profit. So if that means they have to give all of their money to people's salaries, that's what they'll do. And so people get these huge end-of-the-year bonuses because they had all this extra money to not make a profit. Um, but I don't get that. We're, we're, how do you have extra money and you not make a profit? So, so they did make a profit, but they just can't make a profit by the end of the year. So they give out these huge bonuses so that they didn't make one, essentially. Oh, and then they can get more funding that way because they didn't make profits can't make profits. So that's what they do. So I don't know what Goodwill's actual mission is. So it's probably a bad example, but let's say breast cancer. Okay. Them, you know, we know that their mission is to research breast cancer, to advertise, to market, whatever, whatever. 
Right. But, which is what they could do with the extra money, or they could just pay their CEOs, whatever they want to do, I guess. Right. Um, but I, I think a lot of times we expect that companies donate a lot more into the actual research and right. and whatever, whatever, but really they're just paying each other themselves. Um, I know for one of the companies I was looking at, 70 cents on every dollar went to salaries and whatnot. Only like 30 cents went to research. Well, no, actually, I think of that. I think 10% went to research. So 10 cents on every dollar, like 20 cents went to like um, advertising and making an awareness or whatever. And then the rest went to salaries. Correct. That's crazy. So that's wow. Okay. So people out here with your nonprofits, that means you have a true pure heart. So like right now I have my LLC, but I'm also doing a feminine hygiene pad drive and I'm not a nonprofit, but the, the donations that I'm getting, I'm using to purchase the pads. And then I'm just giving the pads to the urban uh, ministries. Great. That's perfect. And see, at its heart, that's what nonprofits do. The people who have nonprofits that never registered, that's what they're doing. But the okay. people who have nonprofits and they are registered, I mean, they may be still doing some of that, but a lot of them are probably padding their pockets, um, which is perfectly legal, not saying anything wrong with it, but that may be what they're doing. And I'm glad you're taking that mission up because the fact that, like, pads are, like, cost money as much as they do, that's, like, one of the biggest um, injustices in a modernized society. Um, cause, I mean, Y'all, this is a black man speaking, okay? This is <laughs> a black man speaking. If you think about it, though, like fifty percent of the population literally needs this item, like just to exactly. go on their own life, and the yes. fact that you have to pay for it is ridiculous. Exactly, exactly, and it's and it's tough because, like now, it's it's like now I'm not even in high school anymore. I, it's been years since I've been in high school, but now in the city of Durham, they're offering that sanitary napkins to students for free because usually it's like a quarter or fifty cents you got to put in the little machine in the bathroom just to get something and I'm just like wow y'all charging kids for something that, that they still trying to figure out themselves right. and it should be free it should, it should be free for not just high school but it should be free for everybody like whatever the basic is that should be free now if you want a, some extra whatever I don't know how any of this works if you, want extra, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you should have to pay for that but generally right. on the basic right. levels it should be free right see that's important That that's so important so that's going to be another topic when we talk about social injustices and you know what 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 we what we should be looking for it within our community so i i like that as far as turning uh all that information you gave us a lot of great information as far as turning Wait, i have one more thing about legit. i forgot i didn't get into it so turning your hustle legit one last thing so depending on what it is you're doing you really want to buy the domain for it. So again, if let's say okay. Amber makes waste beads. So yeah. she should own Amber'sWastebeads.com. Now, whether or not she has a website, that's, you know, if she can afford it or find a way to do it. But if she at least owns that domain, now her email can info at Amber'sWastebeads.com or contact at Amber'sWastebeads or whatever instead of just Amber at, at, at you know, Amber'sBeads at gmail.com because, you know, that's. And then you just want to show that you're branding all the same as you're trying, all that good stuff. That's dope. So y'all hear that? Don't just be walking around with Amber's Waste Beads at gmail.com. I mean, that's cool and all, but go ahead and invest in yourself because I, I don't, you're not, well, I'm the accountant, but don't ask me nothing about taxes. But I know you can, <laughs> I know you can write, you can write that off as an expense yeah, exactly. of your business. 
And it literally only costs, you know, the, to own the domain costs twelve dollars a year. And yeah. the email would be five dollars a month. Yeah. But, so it's just like that's nothing. If you can't afford that, if you're really like, I can't afford that, then your side hustle is not finna turn legit. But I'm just letting y'all know. It's it's important to invest in yourself. That's I think that's one thing that I I do want to emphasize as far as turning your side hustle legit. It is actually being willing to invest in your side hustle, being willingness, willing to invest in the legitimacy of your side hustle to really turn that into to something that's for you, that's your brand and and that people can separate just you and look at your business. Um, so that was one thing that I said, because I, I used to have people that used to come at me with that where I'm just like well I would prefer if my recommendation is to have it at your website type email that's exactly. better yeah because I mean if you're not investing in your business then why should I right. so like I just think it looks really good for branding because when I see that I'm like oh this person is serious about whatever it is they're doing right so. right right so it's it's about a seriousness and sometimes you may not be able to afford it but like Ryan said you can just buy your domain for a dollar or for for twelve dollars for the year, and you may not you may not be ready to launch your launch your website. You may not be able to la- ready to launch your email. But even if you don't launch your website, you should still have that professional email. Just just a thought, just a thought. Um, do you have any other advice for us uh, as far as turning our our hustle legit? Uh, that's it. But I will. Well, one more thing though. Like, this is kind of taxi as well, but again, if your if your side hustle requires you to drive anywhere, you might want to track those miles so you can deduct them in case that you're you know over the standard. Uh, oh, I need to do that. Hours. And you could deduct Starbucks, right? If I meet somebody at Starbucks, I'm like, hey, yeah, sure, I'll buy you I, Starbucks. Okay. I mean, you can literally deduct anything if you have a good rationale for it. Oh, oh, okay, all like right. Dry cleaning, Starbucks, restaurants, y'all, you know. All dude, are y'all crazy. listening though? But are y'all listening though? Because like, if y'all not listening, then uh, this 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 is for free. So Ryan, we thank you. We thank you, yeah, attorney. Right. And yeah, I think it's like say you buy some new shoes. I mean, arguably speaking, that could be a business expense if you plan to wear those to one meeting. Um, depending on you know how receipts look at you know Walmart, how you you know labeling them. So, sometimes you know your receipts at Walmart could be a business expense. I mean, because Walmart does have a business section, so. I mean, who's to say that that wasn't for, for whatever, you know, whatever that amount that at Walmart was for, so. Oh, man. You about to make me turn my kids into an LLC so I can write off their pull-ups and diapers and um, <laughs> milk and stuff. Uh, you never know, man. A lot of things like this. You got to think about it. I, to, I, think, I, mean, I know that was a joke. It was a joke, guys. I'm not really going to make my kids an LLC and write off their No, but think about it. If your kids go to daycare, like, the time that I mean I don't know if this would count, but I mean arguably that could be a business just because you know you you need them to be at daycare while you're at work in order to. That's work. true. That's so, true. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if that. Oh is. man, that was funny. Argue. That was funny. Do you have any other like um, tips or advice for us turning our side hustles legit? So depending on what it is they're doing, you probably really need a trademark. Um, so. I actually suggest people to trademark their brand name before they trademark their logo. Some people mm. do, will trademark their logo first, 
just depending on what it is. But generally speaking, it's better to trademark your brand name, um, especially if you're doing something that is super dope that people are likely to steal. Because, I mean, if you have Ember's Waste Speed and I like what you're doing and you never trademarked it, I might trademark it, you know. And then now I own it. You know, now I have the right to use those things. And right. you know, if I'm a really bad person, I'm going to sue you so make, to make you stop using it. Or I might pay you to have the trademark. I mean, I may, I may make you pay to have the trademark for it. Wow. So, so I have a question, but so here's my question, though. But we got our LLC, right? So I got Amber's, Amber's Waste Bees LLC. Why do, mm-hmm. why do I have to get a, a trademark? So so Amber's Waste Bees LLC, that, let's say that's registered in North Carolina. So that just means I can't have a business named Amber's, you know, Waste Bees, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean I can't advertise something as Amber's Waste Bees, especially in another state. So if I'm in South Carolina or Florida or whatever, I can just go ahead. I can even register another LLC as Amber's Waste Bees if I wanted to. But or I could just put it all over my materials. In another state. Correct. But the trademark will protect you from. That'll let you use that thing nationwide now someone else may be able to get another LLC in, another, in that state but they can't brand as it so they probably wouldn't but yeah that's why you want to do uh, it okay so that that makes sense guys so when you get your LLC that is only for the state that you live in and Correct. the trademark covers you nationally like yeah, it, it covers, it covers yeah. you yeah it covers it basically covers you advertising wise and what your brand identity is so okay pretty important so how would you go about so would you get your llc first and then get your trade name or get your trademark you can do it either way you want to um so there's two ways to get trademark you can either get a trademark on something that you're actively using or something that you intend to use but you can register for that trademark as an individual or as an llc or even as a person doing business as but I wouldn't dis- I would disagree with that because if you're a person doing business as that means you don't have an LLC. Right. Right. And doing business as guys is basically you're you're not an LLC or anything. It's just like I'm Amber, but when I sell you these waist beads, I'm selling them to you as Amber's waist waist beads. But if somebody were to sue me, then that means they're suing Amber. Correct? Correct. Okay. So that means you can get a DBA in your county, um, but you're, but that there's no tax benefit to that. That just means how you're operating your business. And that Correct. does that also mean somebody else can still get an LLC in the state if you have a DBA? I don't know, to be honest, because you don't really see a lot of people doing do DBA. So I actually don't right. know the answer to that. But I would probably, I would guess they probably could. Okay. 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 Well, that's definitely you gave you gave us a lot of great information today, like a lot of great information. But yeah, oh man, we had we had a great great conversation, and I actually think that I I want this episode to just focus on the art of the side hustle. We were gonna go into another topic too to complement to complement this, but I think that could be a whole other episode on its own honestly because Ryan gave us a lot of great information and I think we should digest that especially because what I'm finding Ryan you can correct me if I'm wrong is that us as melanin millennials we don't just have one job or just one idea we are all considering you know some form of side hustle some form of extra income 
coming in and and this episode is more specifically for the professionals and entrepreneurs who who do make the waste beads who do make the candles who do make the natural products who do uh cut hair on the side or do nails on the side or something else like that so that's what this is for and even if that's not you and you're you're like well my side hustle is a multi-level marketing business that's great too because the average millionaire has or the the million a millionaire has an average of seven streams of income so it really doesn't matter it's just about your preference so if multi-level marketing is something that you're interested in and that you're committed to great but also this is something that you can listen to as far as the legitimacy of your business if you decide to create your own business um I mean, if you want to trade, Mike, just scroll over to uh, my website and I can help you get that straight. See, you, you didn't even let us get there, but you know, that's cool. So, <laughs> so since he already went there, y'all, since he already went there, Brian, go ahead and tell us about your law firm and tell us how we can slide over and get our trademarks done. So you can contact us on Instagram or Twitter at, Pol- at Polaris Law Firm, P-O-L-A-R-I-S. L-A-W-F-I-R-M, Polaris Law Firm. Or you can go to our website at www.thepolarislawfirm.com and you can just hit contact and we'll be in touch with you. Either one will work perfectly fine. Well, that sounds great. And you know he responds if he showed up at a prison uh, for his his court-appointed case or his (laughs) court-appointed defendant. So if he can show up at the jail, you know he'll hit uh, his team will get back to you. Uh, as soon as they can so that's dope if you and so that's important so if you have your side hustle and you're like wow i really want to go legit with this trademark we talked about trademarks um trademarking our brand name and getting our llc and remembering those benefits that come with an llc because your assets are are liable like anyone can attack your your assets if you don't protect them so the same way you have to protect yourself and in other areas of life you have to protect your business and your own individual assets so we we definitely definitely appreciate ryan for sharing all this bomb information with us today and taking time out of his busy schedule to chat with us and we do hope that you will benefit from this episode and if you have any questions or concerns please don't hesitate to reach out to ryan now he may not answer your questions because you're gonna have to pay for that that's a consultation i can't help you with that but i did help you with this additional episode so (laughs) so be sure to check him out at and how do you say you say polaris because i was like polaris you know so like funny story color. so some people you could actually pronounce it either way um funny story so the reason why that is for, so what you said is correct too um so polaris that's the official name for the north star so a lot of people refer to it as the pole star because it's always above the north pole so that's got yeah. so you can actually do either one see i'm good i'm good i'm good see you're not one of those hardcore people like no it's polaris like either polaris. one is correct <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Ryan. We definitely enjoyed having you, and we can't wait to have you back on again for another episode. I'd love to. Just let me know when. Awesome. Sounds good. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. To stay connected with For the Love of Millennials podcast, follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Millennials. If you have any questions or topics that you want to hear us chat about or to even find a millennial expert, please email us at loveformillennials. To connect with A Rich Book, go ahead over to Instagram and follow her at a.richbook. Don't forget to give our podcast five stars and be sure to tune in to our future episodes.